Veterans Path, helping veterans find peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor through practical tools like meditation and mindfulness, physical and outdoor experiences, and a community of camaraderie. I'm John McCaskill, a Navy SEAL commander turned mindfulness teacher. Here on the Veterans Path podcast, I interview veterans, athletes, corporate leaders, and many others who found peace through the practices of meditation and mindfulness, breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good day. My guest today is a good friend of mine, former Navy Explosive Ordnance Disposal Technician turned entrepreneur Josh Dunce. Josh is the co-founder of Stasis, a human performance company that focuses on bringing cold water exposure training and immersion therapy to the masses. He is also a lifelong athlete and CrossFit coach who now uses yoga, breath work, and that cold water exposure training as part of a daily routine to optimize his own performance. We're going to learn a lot more about Josh, his time in the Navy, his company Stasis, and how he got into all this human performance stuff all here on the Veterans Path Podcast. Josh, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man, it's, uh, this is actually my first in-person interview, so um, I'm hoping the audio comes out all right. Um, and uh, all this, actually, some of this equipment is your old stuff, so if it doesn't work, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, like I said, my first in-person audio uh, recording. Hopefully uh, the, the editing that happens after with after this is minimal. If you're uh, listening to this uh, for your first time, most of my recordings have been done via Skype and I've had an opportunity to go in and edit afterwards. This is probably going to be pretty raw. There's probably going to be some ums and ahs throughout, uh, so go ahead and forgive us for that. Um, That all said, what I try to do is I start each show with just an explanation of what it is we do with Veterans Path and what my goal here is with this particular uh, podcast. Um, so Veterans Path, we introduce veterans to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover a sense of peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word path in our name comes from, peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. Uh, and the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support and attendance at our retreats while simultaneously reducing the stigma around seeking mental health support. Listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Okay, that said, we'll do a real quick break here for a word from our sponsors and then get into the real meat and potatoes of the show. All right, welcome back. Continuing my conversation with good friend, former Navy EOD tech, turned entrepreneur and human performance optimizer. So just going to start with some basic questions, Josh, just kind of get the, uh, the, the folks to know you a little bit better than the, the bio that I had uh, up front. So just a little bit more about Josh. Where'd you grow up? Sure. Yeah. Um, originally from Tampa, Florida. Um, well, I, I grew up all around Florida. I was originally born in Pensacola. I lived down south. Uh, West Palm Beach, Miami area for a while. I lived um, on the east coast of Florida in Satellite Beach. And then right before I started high school, I moved to Clearwater, Florida, which is in the Tampa area. Uh, Spent my entire high school 
there. And then after I graduated, um, I joined the Navy right after high school, and I've been in Virginia Beach ever since. Okay. Yeah, Clearwater I'm actually really familiar with. Uh, I lived in Tampa at one point uh, when, when I was working at SOCOM, and then my wife actually grew up in Orlando, but then went to school at Clearwater Christian, so just, okay. just uh, yeah, right yeah, around, just which doesn't exist anymore, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they, they've changed it. So um, we mentioned in the intro, you're a lifelong uh, athlete. What, what are the kind of things were you into growing up? Yeah, I, I played pretty much every sport there was growing up, and that, that's kind of been a something that's stuck with me my entire life is I've never been... I've never really dove into thing kind of like where that was like my passion. I was always trying out as many things as I could. Um, so, you know, growing up, I played in my youngest ages, I played soccer, baseball. Um, and then I got really into more like extreme sports. I started doing inline skating, skateboarding, uh, surfed when I lived, you know, on the East Coast of Florida. In my high school years, I got really into basketball and football. And those are what I played throughout high school. Um, and that's what really originally got me into like working out, um, in the first place. And then, uh, after I joined the Navy is kind of when I, I dove really head in head first into kind of like the whole human performance space and, uh, started training with a lot of different modalities. You know, I've, I've done a bunch of local CrossFit c competitions. I've done a bunch of Olympic, uh, Olympic lifting competitions, uh, here, Locally, um, you know, I've done endurance sports, running, uh, swimming was a big part of my training. And, you know, now I'm, I've started to lean more towards endurance training. Um, that's kind of just where my passion has, has led me to where I am right now in my, my personal training philosophy. But I'm always constantly going back and forth because I get bored really easy. And I think, <laughs> I think that's what happened with sports too. You know, I would, and throughout my life, like I, I kind of go out, I set out, I, I figure out how to do something. And then once I've kind of done that, it's like, okay, what's next? What, what else can I add to my tool belt? And like, if I want to go back to that, you know, I can, I can do that in the future. Yeah, there you go. So I want to get more into that human performance a little further in the, in the episode. But um, as far as your Navy career, you're in high school, Clearwater, graduate, and you go straight into the Navy after high school? Um, I left home and I went to, I moved up to Tallahassee, Florida with a couple of buddies of mine. And we, I did TCC, so the community college up there uh, for one semester. A couple of my friends got into Florida State. All of us that didn't went to TCC and then quickly realized that one, I was way too immature to be on my own um, and expecting myself to go to school and do well there. But I had a, a dysfunctional home life so that wasn't the option to go back so it was kind of like what's next for me you know like what can I do where I can start making money um, now and support myself but then also I, I always had this thing in the back of my mind where I, I wanted to do something bigger um, and be a part of like you know that team that brotherhood um, so that's how I got into the, the special operations yeah stuff. sure so yeah. that was actually my next question so now graduate high school, go to TCC, realize, hey, this is not what I want to do, decide, hey, I'm going to go into the Navy. Um, the, the next step is for our listeners, can you explain what an EOD tech, an explosive ordnance disposal tech is, and then why that appealed to you and, and what the steps were to, to get into that line of work? Sure. Um, so 
you know, explosive ordnance disposal, basically for people that don't know, we're the bomb squad of the Navy, um, you know, the military's elite bomb squad, basically. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none, you know, pretty good <laughs> at most things, as, uh, at least I, we'd like to think we are. Um, and that was what appealed to me, again, with my personality. It was the fact that every day uh, could be something completely different, whether that being, you know, on the range shooting, doing CQB or being on the demo range, you know, working on explosive stuff or skydiving or diving, really depending on what type of team you were on um, and who you were going to be attached to kind of dictated what your training cycle was going to be like. But um, everyone's always doing everything. So so that was really appealing to me. And what does the training pipeline actually look like for an EOD tag? Yeah, it's pretty long. Uh, I think it's one of the longer, you know, with buds and seals, pretty long pipeline. Um, but so from boot camp, everyone goes to the standard, you know, boot camp. From there, we have a dive prep school that's in Great Lakes as well. Um, following that, you go to Panama City for dive school. Following that, you go to uh, Niceville, Eglin, Florida, which is where EOD school is. And that's normally about a year long of training. Um, if you go straight through and don't get rolled or have any sure. setbacks or anything like that. And then um, different from all the other branches of services, EOD techs is after they graduate from EOD school, we stick around and have another couple months of training just for underwater stuff. So the Navy's the only um, EOD service that does underwater, uh, you know, mine countermeasure stuff, limpet stuff like that. And then following that, we go on to some more specialized schools where we learn how to uh, jump, repel out of, you know, helicopters, fast rope, shooting, all that stuff. Right. Um, and then you finally go check into your first unit after so that. All the fun stuff. Yeah. Nice. So in, in your time, you were in for 10 years, right? Correct. How many deployments did you get in? Uh, I did three quote unquote deployments. Um, I did one to Bahrain, uh, where I was on a mine countermeasure team. So we were basically one of two teams uh, in the Middle East on response for, uh, this was back in 2012, 2013. So there was a lot of hype about Iran uh, mining the Straits of Hormuz. So we were there kind of you know, preparing for what that scenario would look like and how we we're gonna handle that. And that I did two deployments attached to uh, 7th Special Forces Group, Army Green Berets uh, stationed down in Destin, Florida. And then um, we were responsible for South America. So I did a few trips down to South America and then some, some training J sets with them. Um, and then I had another team that I was on that kind of fell through. Uh, it was a Ranger team. So we were attached to um, third group. And about a month before we were supposed to deploy to Afghanistan, that RFF got pulled and we ended up um, not, not deploying at all. So Got it. So it sounds like, I mean, you've got Navy EOD background. You've been attached to the Special Forces. You've been attached to the Rangers. As far as Special Forces, both 3rd and 7th Group, I mean, you've got uh, a fairly wide range of knowledge there in the Special Operations side. Um, I also know something else that you've got a very wide range of knowledge in, and that's transition. Uh, you and I have been going through the military transition uh, kind of side by side. You've done a lot of the same things I have. You went to the Tuck Next Step, which I've mentioned in other episodes. Um, you've gone through Elite Meet, um, some of the other, the Honor Foundation. Can you talk through what your transition looked like and how you laid that plan out? 
That's a it's a it's a tough question because it's constantly evolving and changing. <laughs> um, so if you would have asked me this three years ago, kind of when I started my my real thesis on transition, what it was going to look like for me or what I wanted it to look like, uh, this answer would have been completely different than now. But um, originally, starting out, I was planning on going back to school and getting an MBA. Uh, so I spent, you know, the first six months of that transition journey, which I started about 36 months prior to me actually getting out, you know, studying for the GMAT, working on applications for MBA and all that stuff. Um, before I finally decided that this is not the path that I want to go down. Um, so yeah, it, it was really just, you know, the biggest thing for me was, not necessarily finding out what I knew I wanted to do, but it was kind of eliminating all those options that I knew I didn't want to do. Um, and that's what got me to where I am today. And whenever anyone else asks me that advice, that's what I, I recommend they do is like focus on those things that you don't want to do because it'll whittle down that list. Right. Um, and, and through, you know, introspection and talking to people and really just figuring out like what the, what the civilian workforce is like, um, I was able to kind of navigate that into, you know, a very non-sexy, unsuccessful startup that I'm working on right now. Um, but, you know, it's it's what I want to do. I'm, I'm happy every day kind of waking up and, you know, setting in my own schedule and working on that. So, yeah. So the, uh, the stresses that come with transition, how have you handled those stresses? Oh, man, it's yeah, there, it's a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, every day, especially like with with how I am and I'm constantly changing my goals and what my my mission is going to be. Um, it's been. This is the first time in my life where I've really felt stress before and anxiety. Um, I used to look at that, you know, if you would ask me this two years ago, I'd have been like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Like I've, I've done a lot of stressful, I know I've been in stressful situations and stuff like that, but it was like in the height of the moment, I felt it, but not like just on a reoccurring basis where really the last six months, you know, due to personal reasons and some other things that I have going on in my own personal life. And then also with the transition out of the military, it's been a lot. Um, so I, I deal with it in a lot of different ways. Um, one way is is exercise i think that's probably one of the better ways to kind of relieve stress but then also like all the other things that you mentioned whether that's you know um, mindfulness meditation breath work uh, exposure training both sauna and cold um, th those are kind of the key things that make up my personal uh, training regimen that help me deal with those daily stressors so we mentioned all, all those daily kind of practices that you do. Um, what's the, can you explain the physiology behind, you mentioned the cold water exposure. What's going on there? Uh, actually, can you, can you back up a little bit? Explain what cold water exposure is and then what's happening to your body during cold water exposure. Sure, um, so cold water exposure has been around for forever, really. Um, it really got popular in kind of the ancient Greek, ancient Roman times where, public bathhouses were huge you know that's where we kind of know know today's spas systems is because of that um, public bathhouses were huge and, and in those bathhouses they normally had three separate rooms um, and and their training kind of their regimen would take them from 
a, a hot tub to like a mediocre tub and then they would always finish the session in a cold tub um, and as that kind of grew, they realized that there was a lot of benefits, you know, that they weren't able to measure scientifically then, but they, they just knew it because they could feel it when they got out of the cold water. So they started adding those to like athletic events there, you know, the, um, the Spartan, the, the Coliseums and stuff like that. And that's where today's kind of cold tubs for what we know as athletic training. That's kind of the origin of all that. But um, cold exposure, yeah, it's simple. It's really just, you know, putting your body in extreme cold temperatures. You can do that many of ways. If you live in a cold environment, you can just go outside and literally sit in the cold weather. You can get into a cold body of water. Uh, recently, cryotherapy has gotten really popular, so that's another way. Um, so those are all kind of ways that you can do uh, cold exposure. The benefits of it, uh, the biggest one... Well, caveat this just to kind of preamble, there's this, the science out on cold exposure is getting a lot better, but there's still, uh, you know, different studies saying different things. Um, so there's no concrete evidence. We do know that cold exposure releases norepinephrine, which is um, a neurotransmitter, neurochemical precursor to serotonin, dopamine. That's what gives you kind of that feel-good sense. If you if you ever done cryotherapy or cold exposure, yep. you get out, you can kind of feel all those endorphins running through your body. Um, so that's known to boost norepinephrine by you know up to three hundred percent, which is pretty um, substantial. Uh, that that's kind of the main physiological thing. Um, there's a, a lot of different things that come about with that. Um, you know, an increase in aerobic capacity due to increase in mitochondrial cells. Um, increase in uh, brown fat, you know, so that's kind of the, the good fat um, that you want in your body. So you're actually able to transmit white fat into brown fat through cold exposure. Um, inflammation helps with just blood flow because it's a vasoconstrictor. Once you get out, your body starts to naturally reheat. Uh, those blood vessels start to open up again. All that new blood that's in your core starts to rush down to your extremities um, to kind of flush out all those toxins and stuff in your joints. Um, so, yeah, that, that, those are the things. Um, I, I personally think that the cognitive benefits are much more beneficial than maybe the physical benefits, and that's kind of contradictory to what a lot of people think because – it's been around in athletic uh, environments for so long, but now we're actually kind of understanding that cold exposure, um, instead of looking at it specifically as a recovery domain, we can look at it as another training piece, whether that be hot or cold, because it is inducing stress on your body. Um, so instead of just using it as a recovery modality, you can also add it into just your daily routine um, as another training modality that you do. So uh, I've got a little bit of cold water exposure. Uh, so in high school, I mean, obviously I've got it in, in the SEAL teams. You go, go through a lot of cold water exposure in, in BUDS. Um, you kind of think of it as, as torture. I mean, that's what we call it is water torture. Um, but uh, there's definitely science there as well. We, we were wanting to get in there for the anti-inflammatory sides. Then in high school, uh, I had a, a cross-country coach. We used to do cross-country camps up in the mountains, and we would get in the cold rivers afterwards. And we would experience all those benefits that you mentioned there. Uh, totally all the, the, the physiological and then the cognitive benefits as well. Um, you mentioned cryotherapy. What is the benefit of cold water versus cryotherapy? Um, 
one it's a lot well depending on you know how you're setting up your cold water obviously you have access to cold water um because you live in a cold climate it's free so <laughs> you can drive to the water get in it vice pay you know cryotherapy is pretty expensive um the other way is just how the the thermodynamics of the body work uh water is able to pull heat out of your body much faster than air is which is how nitrogen cryotherapy typically works um so that that's kind of the the main difference um and then when we look at the science behind it you know just the the nitrogen cryotherapy versus the cold water cryotherapy you can actually get the same benefits that they've measured this um, from cold water in a 30 second um, a 30 second protocol vice a typical cryotherapy session is three minutes um, so and that's that's just because of what we just talked about with the thermodynamics of heat being pulled from your body right uh, water is just a much better a much better way to do that than air so getting a, a little bit into what it is you're doing now with stasis um, how did how did what you were doing in the Navy your background as a lifelong athlete kind of lend to where you are now as an entrepreneur and then what is stasis for the, for those sure. listening? I think my the way my brain works and the way I've been kind of brought up and my, my personality has always led me to be very curious about everything. So I'm a, a lifelong learner. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, if there's something that I hear that I don't understand, like I'm going to look it up. Um, and, you know, I might go down that rabbit hole of, you know, you sit on Google and then you start watching YouTube videos <laughs> and like before, you know, it's been three hours and you're like, okay, well now I'm a cold water exposure <laughs> expert. Um, so, so that's kind of, you know, how it, how it all started was um, I was just really interested in kind of the new things that were going on in the human performance space, whether that be diet, training, you know, uh, recovery modalities. And Wim Hof has been, you know, something that has been pretty big. Uh, if you've been following kind of that space the past couple years. So that's, I think that's kind of how I first got introduced to it was I heard about Wim Hof, started looking into, you know, what his, uh, mytholo myth you know, mythology was, how he thought about cold water exposure and breathing. Um, some of the guys that I worked with, we wanted to try it out. So we bought, you know, a plastic tub, filled it up with a bunch of ice. Um, first time I did it, I was like, okay, there's something here, um, I I'd never felt that feeling before. And I have tried to, I've dabbled in meditate, like traditional meditation where I'm just sitting quietly and trying to be at one with my thoughts and, you know, blank my mind. Um, that's been a challenge for me, um, which is why I keep going back to it because I want to be able to do that eventually. But I think with these other modalities like cold water exposure, you kind of can get into that space um, almost instantaneously right away the first time you do it. Whereas uh, I think a lot of people have trouble with traditional meditation because it's a practice that can take people, you know, years, if not a lifelong to master. Whereas with some of these other modalities, you're kind of able to tap into that um, autonomous nervous system instantaneously. And that's where I found a lot of benefits. And that's why I keep going back to it um, as well. Nice. So, I mean, what we talk about with mindfulness and meditation is being focused on the here and now. And when you're sitting in a freezing tub, 
I mean, I think it's kind of hard to be focused on anything else right. besides the here and now. I mean, you're s seriously immersed, literally, in, in cold water, and you're feeling those pins and needles, like, stabbing into your <laughs> It feels like that, right? It's hard to think about anything else. So I, I can definitely see where there's overlap between what you're doing with the cold water immersion and then mindfulness and meditation. It's just, it's almost like an extreme mindfulness experiment. Um, so what does your daily practice look like? Are you getting in that cold water tub daily? Um, no, no. I like to start off my morning um, with a cold shower. So I, I do it differently. I think, you know, everyone needs to experiment whether that be really with anything in human performance um i one of my pet peeves with the industry is that people get very um they find something that works for them and then they want to preach to everyone else that this is the way that you should do it because it works for me it's going to work for you um, i've never found that to be true um, whether that be with a diet exercise routine recovery routine um, anything in life, like all of our bodies are completely different. Um, everyone reacts to different modalities, to different diets differently. So, uh, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt and experiment yourself. But yeah, I typically like to, to start my morning with a cold shower. Um, and that's something that I, I don't get into a cold shower right away. I, I do my normal routine, you know, wash my body, wash my hair um, with hot water. And then I end my shower with cold. Um, and I've found that that's a really good uh, way to just boost my energy levels in the morning, kind of get focused on what I need to do the day um, and clear out any grogginess that I have the night before. Um, my, my training schedule has been not consistently as far as time domain goes i'm kind of working out when i can get it in um, but typically i'll have a few recovery days where i'm doing um, contrast therapy with the sauna and the cold tub i'll do three three to five rounds normally of 20 to 30 minutes in the sauna get in the cold tub for a couple minutes and i'll do that like three to five times um, on my recovery days that are normally non-training days. Um, and that's kind of a typical session right now. So I'm getting into cold water on a daily basis, um, just not necessarily as long as I would on a typical recovery day. And I'm, I'm assuming your cold water from the shower is nowhere near as cold as what it is in the tub. Yeah. How does, how does that tub work? I mean, right now, are you jumping in one of your stasis tubs that you actually have? Or are you jumping in a tub of ice water? How, yeah, you know? no, uh, we don't have, we're still working on our first prototype, but um, there's a few different ways you can do it now. What I, I use now is we've converted a, uh, a commercial chest freezer. So like a top loading freezer that people would normally keep like meat in their garage, um, kind of retrofit into that, into a, a makeshift DIY cold tub. A lot of people are doing that right now. Um, that's, I think, the most cost-effective, affordable way to do it if you're going to do it on a regular basis because if you're just filling up a tub with ice and water, um, that gets really expensive. If you're going to do it on a daily basis, you could be looking at spending, you know, really 30 to $50 in ice if you want to get the temperature low enough um, to really get the, the benefits out of it. So. Um, as far as for anyone who doesn't have access to a cold tub and they are doing that cold shower, or ending their shower cold, how long do you recommend somebody does that? 
Um, again, it kind of depends. You know, if you're just starting out, uh, it's going to be a little shock to your system. So I like to recommend, you know, people can just end their shower with like 30 seconds in the cold water. Um, obviously, depending on how cold your water gets will depend on, you know, the benefits and how much exposure you're actually going to get in that short 30 seconds. Um, and then you can kind of increase it from there, you know, see how that works out. Or you can do it by another good way is just count your breaths. Um, so, you know, start off with 10 deep, you know, inhale, hold, exhale, you know, try to 10 to 15 seconds per breath cycle. Um, do that for 10 times and then maybe a week later, start to increase that to 15 breaths, 20 breaths, you know, and then a couple months from now, you'll be in there for, you know, three to five minutes. Um, easy. Nice. So, I mean, you kind of get a lot of the benefits that we talked about with mindfulness in that you have to be focused on the here and now. You just covered that. Um, and then you also, if you're doing that breathing drill, tapping into that vagus nerve and the, the parasympathetic system and really kind of bringing your heart rate down. I mean, there sounds like there's all sorts of physiological uh, benefits to that cold water immersion. Um, as far as stasis, uh, how long have you been involved with developing that as a company and who else is doing that with you? Sure. Um, so we officially started October 15th of this year. So it's only been a, a few months now. Um, and then I have two other uh, Navy OD guys working with me, uh, one Adam Fleck and then two Dan Valdo. Uh, Dan's still active duty for another year or two. And then Adam's been out for I think about a year or two now um, as well. So yeah, those are the two guys working with us. And then um, we've recently started working with a, a CrossFit Games athlete, Josh Bridges, who's a former Navy SEAL, um, super good guy, six times CrossFit Games athlete, four times, you know, West Coast regional athlete, kind of the, is one of the OG CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit guys, if you, if you've been following CrossFit for a while. So I'm super stoked to, to be working with him and, he is an avid cold water exposure, um, enthusiast. He has those, uh, those DIY, you know, chest freezers at each, all of his properties that he travels to, he told me. Um, so he, he literally said he can't go a day without it. And it's helped him out a lot, uh, with some of the stuff that he was dealing with, I think from the military side of his background. And then also obviously, um, the physical side of his daily training, you know, routine as well. So Josh is practicing. Are your co-founders also practicing? I mean, how did that, when you went to um, uh, Adam and, I'm sorry, what's your other? Dan. Dan, yeah. when you went to them and you're like, hey, um, <clears throat> this is something I want to do. This Was this like your idea originally? And how did you present it to them? And how did they come on board? Yeah, so Dan and I had been at the same shop together in the Navy. So he was one of the guys that I was just training with on a daily basis. So we were doing cold exposure together. Um, and, he, you know, he's a lifelong athlete. Uh, he just graduated his MBA. So I knew he had, you know, was business savvy. And he was a guy that I would just kind of, you know, shoot the shit with every day and talk business stuff, like tell him all my ideas because I'm every day I have a new idea. <laughs> um, Adam is a guy that I've recently kind of connected with through the Honor Foundation, some other things that we went through together, too. Um, and I knew he was really interested in like the startup scene and starting his own business too. Um, so I, I kind of just approached them and told them, you know, Hey, here's this idea that I kind of have. Um, and, and when that first started, it's much different than it is, you know, today. So, 
it, that relationship and that partnership kind of grew as as we grew as a company kind of really you know followed the path that we're on now um both those guys have done cold exposure stuff uh in the past themselves um and they're both athletes themselves too uh so yeah so um personally kind of still thinking about the cold water immersion mindfulness meditation what are some obstacles that you have run into either on uh, the personal side as an entrepreneur or in the Navy that these different modalities have helped you to overcome? Oh, man. I mean, so many. I think I think anything, especially with, like, um, guys in our background, you know, we're supposed to be these macho alpha males. Nothing can hurt us, you know, whether that be physically or mentally. But I think after – going through the transition process and really doing that introspection um, and figuring out not only that a lot of things had happened in the Navy career, you know, guys were losing guys or whatever. Your, your op tempo is so high. You're constantly doing stuff. You're constantly out the door, training, traveling that none of that stuff really hits you. I, I don't think until you stop <laughs> And then it's like, okay, now I can remember all these things from whether it be my childhood or deployments or stuff. So for me, it was kind of that big decision of, uh, you know, we're actually getting out of the military. You're going to not have a paycheck coming in. You know, what's what's next? Where it's like all those other stressors in life that you haven't really paid much mind to start to add up um, and really start to occupy your headspace and start to, you know, keep you up at night. Um, so, so all those things, you know, whether it be physical stress, mental stress from personal work, life relationships, um, I think anything like that, uh, starts to add up and, you know, you have to find a, an output, how to deal with that. Um, so whether that be through exercise, meditation, you know, exposure, I think all of those are great modalities that um, you should dabble in and, you know, maybe one will stick with you more than the other um, or maybe you'll get, you know, benefits from each one of them. Um, or all of them combined. Exactly. I mean, it's just yeah. like, um, you know, eating healthy, sleeping healthy, um, you know, the, doing the mindfulness training, doing the cold water immersion, kind of combining it all. Um, so I think that's really what, if you're able to, dabble in them all and then combine what works. Definitely. So... Coming to the end of the show here, Josh, what do you think uh, you would like the audience to know that we haven't discussed yet? Um, you know, I, I would just say I think a lot of this stuff has – I think it's getting better with the, the research that's coming out scientifically and just people talking about it more out in the public. But I think there's still, a you know, kind of a, a, a black – bubble or you know some some clouds around the whole meditation mindfulness oh yeah you know there, there's some people think of it as kind of woohoo maybe you know um i know i'm sure i had some of those thoughts previously i definitely did yeah but you know i think the more that we do stuff like this and guys like you are out here talking about it every day it's so good for the community so i think you know if you're a veteran speaking um definitely take some time to to not only try it out but do, do your own research and see, you know, read the research that's out there, read the studies, um, educate yourself, and then talk to people that are doing it. Because I think that's the biggest thing is like once you actually talk to someone and they can tell you their firsthand experience and how it's helped them, 
I think people are a lot more open-minded into giving it a try themselves. So I would, I would say um, go into it with an open mind, do your research, test it out, and then ask a lot of questions, you know, and continue to um, reiterate, you know, change up your routine, change up your protocols until you find what works for, for yourself. Nice. So um, going back to uh, stasis, and then we'll start to wrap up. Um, how do people learn about stasis and what's next for stasis? Sure. Yeah, so what we're really trying to do is, you know, we've found that exposure training, specifically cold water stuff, whether that be through cryotherapy or, you know, cold water cryotherapy, um, the access is very limited to people and athletes right now. So traditionally, um, you had to be at a professional sports team or a D1 university to really have access to a nice cold tub. Um, or you have to go to a retail location that does cryotherapy that can cost, you know, anywhere from 25 to 50 bucks a pop. Um, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to give people more access to that. Um, and how we're going to do that is we're going to be placing our machines, you know, throughout the country into CrossFit gyms and other types of gyms. Um, and then we're reducing the cost uh, for the end user by about, you know, a fourth of what traditional cryotherapy costs. Nice. Um, so, so that's what we're looking to do is really just give people access to this, that they, the, the cost of the barrier to entry is much lower than it has been traditionally. Um, like I said, unless you were at a D1 university athlete or professional sports teams, you didn't even have access to any of this stuff now. Um, so we're looking to give athletes more access to it. Um, so that's going to be everyone more access. To yeah, it, just e like. whether you're an athlete or not. Like, hopefully, um, you know, in the next year or two, you'll be able to to find a, a tub near you and go <laughs> and go test it out. There you go. So that's so that's what we're looking to do. Um, to find out more information, you can go on our website. It's stasishp.com. S T A S I S H P.com. Um, or you can look up me personally on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Josh Dunce. That's D-U-N-T-Z. And as far as your website, Nicole Roundy helped you with that, right? She did, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fellow tech, yeah. Uh, Tuck, there Next Step member. The network working for you. Well, Josh, this has been awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I, I think you guys are doing great things. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where Stasis goes, where you go personally. Uh, I know you guys are, are going, going places, so good luck to you, and, and thanks again for coming on the show, man. Yeah, appreciate it, John. Thanks for having me. Uh, for our listeners, thank you for listening to the show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. We, too, are on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Twitter. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I ask that you please subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. And remember, listeners, you can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.